Big Podcast. It's Build the Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. I'm David Hooper, and this podcast is here to help you spread a message, get more people to your podcast, build a big audience, make people care about your message, make more money with your message. If you want more of it, it is at bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. That term, Apple says it's out of date. They call it a follow. You can follow me too. URL is the same though, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I got an email, this is a few days ago, from Interprep. And this is a prep service that more or less gives you, I don't know, an outline for your morning radio show. You've probably experienced this if you listen to morning radio. How do they know birthdays? How do they have jokes? How do they know news of the weird or have these call-in topics? A lot of time, that's a prep service. This is one that I get. And he sent an email out, which I think is really great. I think it's worth discussing here. It says, hey, podcasters, don't do what radio does. There's no name on this, so I'm not going to credit it anything other than interprep. It's not me, though. I'm just making the commentary. I want to read it to you because I agree with it. It says radio is trying to generate revenue any way it can. Actually, radio has been trying to generate revenue any way it can for many, many years. Very often with free ads, free or cheap website banner ads, free or dirt cheap remotes, free or near free weather billboards. Some call this added value. It's a race to the bottom and it's not been working. During a recession or a pandemic, added value still requires advertisers to spend money they may not have. So then you end up doing a three-for-one or buy station W and get station X, Y, and Z for a $1 spot. I'm calling it now, and again, this is the interprep guy, not me, podcasting will probably go the same way. I'll throw that into the ring. (laughs) It very well could. I see this happening all the time, and we're going to talk about it. Podcast host and monetization company Audio Boom recently announced this. We implore talent to go well over the 60 seconds in duration and keep ads as organic as possible. As a result, when calculating the added value due to the length of ads, Audio Boom stands out from the overall industry. A side note here, this is not in the letter that he sent out. Audio Boom is for sale. They haven't found a buyer. These guys are reaching out. Whatever they're doing isn't working for them. So trying new things. This seems to be part of this. Back to the Interprep letter and his commentary. He says this, it's one thing to ask podcast talent to ad lib, go long or have fun in ad reads. It's another to announce to the world with charts and graphs how much longer your talent goes. This is from the Audio Boom Post. I'm going to give you the genres here. They've got true crime, comedy, society and culture, TV and film. True crime, the average ad length for all true crime podcasts, 73.95 seconds. Audio boom, 103.15. So 30 seconds more per ad. Comedy, 95.09 seconds. That's the average for all comedy podcasts. Audio boom, an additional seven seconds and some change, 102.42. Society and culture, average. 76.84 seconds. This is another big jump. Audio boom, 104.41 seconds on the average length. TV and film, 91.47 seconds. Big jump here when you add it all up, 98.89 seconds. 
Back to the commentary. It says, here's what happens now. Audioboom announced that its talent goes well beyond the standard 60 read more than non-Audioboom talent. Not to be outdone, another monetization firm gently encourages talent to go slightly longer than Audioboom's talent. Now the average 60-second read in the true crime genre goes from 74 seconds to 84, then 94. You see where this is headed. Sure, even if Audioboom hadn't announced this publicly, ad agencies have likely done the research to discover which podcast hosts give more bang for your buck. But why make this a leg on which your company revenue stands? The end of the Audioboom post reads, how many other industries could bring 400 million of added value to their customers? This is his translation. We are announcing to the world that we encouraged our talent to give away $400 million in free advertising, so game on. <laughs> As I mentioned, Audio Boom is for sale. Maybe you can cash in that $400 million in free advertising that you gave and buy that company. Back to Interprep Post. He said, hey, podcasters, take it from radio. You don't want to be in this race to the bottom. This is well said. This is one of the things that I've noticed in my time really is being self-employed. I first started noticing it when I had a salesman. We were doing live events. And I guess, you know, you can see salesmen have like a a sweat on them or something, a funk that they really need a sale. And when people would deal with him, they said, well, I, I don't know. I, that, that seems like a little too much. The first thing he would do would be to drop the price. And then it gets to where your margins are razor thin and you're giving away so much. I mean, this guy was giving away mailing lists and all sorts of stuff that he didn't have authorization to give away. Stuff that in the end really cost us money because we couldn't piece it out somewhere else, but also got us the type of client where they were just price buyers. They weren't into what we were doing. They were just looking for a deal. And I want you to think about that. If you were doing advertising for your podcast, people will buy anything for the right price. And that right price, a lot of times, is very little money. Rather than lowering your price, you are far better off giving this added value. But how do you do that? Well, you've got a relationship with your audience. You have a read that you are doing that is worth more than if somebody else does it or if you had a pre-recorded commercial that you play. The added value comes from your relationship with your audience. That's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this here on Build a Big Podcast, is because Audio Boom, it probably was not started by podcasters. It may have been started by somebody who had maybe some kind of relationship with podcasting, maybe from radio, or maybe internet advertising. So they kind of got internet advertising. But a lot of times what I've seen is people in the podcasting space now, people who are coming in to monetize it or take advantage of the opportunity that we all have, they're coming in just because there is money to be made. They don't necessarily understand the culture. They certainly do not understand the relationship that you have with your audience. This is one of the reasons that for independent podcasters, especially when you're starting out taking on brand new sponsors, when you're sort of new yourself, or maybe, you know, putting your toe in the water just to see how sponsorship works for you. It's good for you to go directly with people. It's nice to have an agent sometimes because sometimes an agent can ask for more money than you would otherwise. 
But I like having a partner with the people who sponsor me. I like having a company that I really care about and that I can really get behind. And I'm working with them and they're working with me because they see where I'm going. They see the message. They understand me. They're going to give me that freedom to say whatever I want to, however I want to. Sponsorship changes the way you deliver a message. It's like, eh, you know, I'm just going to pull this punch a little bit because I don't want to piss this sponsor off. I've had it happen. It happens. When there is money involved, it happens. Money changes things. Sponsorship changes things. Even if you're doing the value for value model that a lot of people try to do by taking Patreon money, fan-based donations, that kind of thing, you got to ask yourself, "Mm, man, am I changing this message because I'm afraid of losing some of that fan money? Maybe, maybe, maybe maybe you're digging into it, really going for that message and going harder. Maybe it gets you more money. I don't know. That depends on your situation. But I think you have to at least acknowledge this, that anytime you've got somebody paying you, whether it's a sponsor and it's done directly, maybe it's a sponsor and it's done through an agency, maybe it's directly via fans, it can affect your message. This is one of the reasons that for a new podcaster, I suggest don't even worry about sponsorship at first. Be clear on your message. Attract your audience. Have something established that people can latch on to, not establish with you. Because a lot of times you'll have a sponsor come in. I've worked with hundreds of sponsors over the years. I'm like, maybe you should try it this way. No, don't tell me what to do. I'm already established. I already know my audience. I already know what they respond to. They like me for what I am doing and I have proof to back that up. So don't come in and tell me to change my show just because you're holding money. Some people do that though. Some people will. I'll tell you where I used to see this all the time was my work in the music industry. You would see guys come into the industry, artists, and they are young and they do not know who they are. And they say, oh man, I'll do anything. I just want to be famous. They're not established and they don't have a fan base. And they're going to take somebody's advice who's maybe a marketing person, a label person. Somebody's going to pick the songs. Somebody's going to have their imaging. Somebody's going to even change their name for them. Say, this will sell. We think this will sell. And more or less, they're just a delivery mechanism. They're not an artist. It could be anybody with those names or that attitude or that personality. It's manufactured. You don't want to be into that situation either. And that's what you get into when you take sponsors on too early, before you're established, before you know who you are. But don't think it's just new podcasters that have to deal with this. We're seeing this from Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan... Once he signed that Spotify deal, he wasn't really in control anymore. Spotify is pulling those strings now. And when he says something that they don't like, man, (laughs) they got a choke chain on them. Don't do it. Censor yourself. You don't think he's playing small? Trust me, he's playing small. He's changed it. Maybe it's worth it. 20, 30 million dollars, however much he made. Yeah, maybe it's worth it. Good on him. I'm not going to criticize somebody for taking $20 million. (laughs) It could be a very good decision. But if you want to control your message, you need to think about these things. And by all means, if you are going to take money, don't give away the store. Don't lower your prices. Have a base price, a podcasting cartel. I tell new podcasters, I don't care if you've got 50 listeners, don't go for this $15, $20 CPM or whatever people are throwing at you. Don't do CPM. 
you've got a minimum. Maybe it's $100, maybe it's 50 bucks, $500, I don't know. But have that minimum, know your worth, stick with it. People are buying you and your relationship with the audience. If they want nameless, faceless numbers, let them go to Google, Facebook, Pandora, whatever. They can buy views or listens. They've got it all there, but they don't have your relationship. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe is where to get more of this. I've got the Big Podcast Toolkit on that site. If you want some ways to grow your audience, make more money from your sponsors, make more money with your message. I've got it all there. It's free. Bigpodcast.com is where to get it. Thank you for listening. I'll be back with another episode of Build a Big Podcast very soon. When you subscribe or follow, whatever you want to call it, either one, you're not going to miss the next one. So go there right now, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Get me in your feed and I'll see you on the next one.